the FYI podcast where we talk about you as young adults. We're talking about faith. We're talking about, I forget all of the life, great things. Adulting. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Relationships, finances. I love it. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Mikey Keneally. And we try, let me say try, to answer the questions that you are posing as young adults, whether you direct messaged us, whether you called in and just let us know what was going on and what you've been wrestling with or what you have questions on when it comes to adulting or sometimes it's extreme adulting. Anything from buying homes to renting to kids to marriage. Oh my gosh, we talk about it all. And last week, what did we talk about last week, Josiah? We gave the best marriage advice that we know how to give that's right and today we're leaning into the next level after marriage is generally questions are when are you having a baby how right. many do you want where are they going to go to school where are they going to grow up when they graduate what are they going to be when they grow up oh my gosh you guys we don't know what we're having for supper some days let alone what they're going to be doing right so the question we are going to hopefully unpack today and kind of lean into is what have you each learned from the first couple years in parenting? Ooh, it's a what fun haven't question. we learned? <laughs> well, probably a lot. <laughs> it's a fun question. And I'll just say right off the top that we answer and address one of the questions that you're asking as a young adult. Like, what does it mean to be a Christ follower in America in mm -hmm. 2022? And um, these are all about life, faith, adulting, relationships. You can ask us a question through Instagram. Mm -hmm. at FYI-podcast, as well as our website is www.FYI-podcast.com. And now for today's answer, Ooh. it's loaded. It's loaded. Do you what want have me we to each go learned? We've been parents uh, two and a half years almost, yeah. right, right about there. Yeah. So about half of our marriage, we've been parents. Yeah. So what have we learned about parenting? Okay, there's a lot of things I've learned, but if I have to lean into one thing... Oh my gosh. I would say this. You, I'll start out with this. If you want to be a better person, and if you want to be selfless, get married. If you want to become more like Christ, have children. And why is that? Because little, you cannot control little people. <laughs> there are so many elements and dynamics of just parenting at large and you realize how selfish you are as a person. When you get married, you're like, wow, I'm a little selfish. We kind of have these weird conversations. It's not what are we going to do on date night or where are we going to go. It's like, have they been fed? Have they been changed? When's the last time they took a bath? Do they need to take a number two? Do they have a tummy ache? Are they teething? So you're, you're thinking as an average person, right? We have 60,000 thoughts as an individual. Mm -hmm. Now, as a mom, I've come across, I have 60,000 thoughts for myself. Now I'm thinking for two little girls, how many th more thoughts am I having not about myself, but needing and having about them and their survival? <laughs> I saw a meme the other day and I think a buddy had uh, DM'd it to me and it basically said, it was, it was like, a dad meme and it said that so much of your life is spent telling a sleepy person or trying to convince a sleepy person to go to sleep oh man and uh, while that is comical and, and pretty true in some experiences I would just say this that I love being a girl dad you're a great girl dad thanks so much he's a great girl dad for all the girl dads out there 
There's a special place for you in heaven, and God knew that you needed them. So and embrace them while they're little. We might be talking to some future girl dads. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So. If you have some boys, we can't really speak into that yet if we do have more. But we do have some nephews, and they are a whole different breed. It is. And that is awesome in itself. But when they come together, I think it's a shock to the system for everybody. For it's like everybody. a deer in headlights how they play now, how they interact. But when it comes to parenting, I first and foremost recognize that. I think the second thing is to realize when it comes to parenting, they are not yours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God has entrusted that little human or humans in your care for such a time as this. It's our job to raise them, raise them up in the way they will go so they will truly serve the Lord. So good. You have an opportunity to speak into their little souls and just the weight of your actions and words are insurmountable to our ability to comprehend. <laughs> so for example, I can say anything to our two and a half year old and she can repeat it. If I say hippopotamus, she tries to say hippopotamus. So if I say, do you want to read the word of God? She wants to read the word of God. So they are in such a moldable season of their life that is so beautiful. And the words and how we raise them from prayer time to uh, critical thinking, to problem solving, to, oh man, learning how to hold a fork, learning how to walk and crawl. Like those are all mile markers when it comes to their personal and physical development. Yes, but there's a, such a spiritual aspect and component that I don't think people think about like, oh, I want the cute little baby in the cute little photos. You don't see the sleepless nights. You don't see the tension um, between parents that can cause mm -hmm. when sleep deprivation is there or when the transition of a new baby comes in the house to the oldest one or the middle one or however many you have, just the shock to the system. So I would say what I've learned about parenting is you have to rely on God. And when you realize those children are not yours, you take that like sacred role in a mm -hmm. whole different way, I guess. When you see other people's kids, you're like, oh gosh, I'm glad they're not my kids. Oh, they're screaming again. That's what I thought when I was single and 20. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think I ever want them. But when they're your own, I think God naturally puts this, I don't know, responsibility in your heart that you're like, you will protect and you will provide and you will find a way and you be you better be praying essentially. So I think that's what I've learned about parenting if that answers that question. So good. So many different layers what, to what that I thought you were gonna say uh -oh. to the to the person who wants the cute family photos was how hard it is to get a good family photo like just to get everyone <laughs> on too. the same side of the camera and then to look in the same direction and not have a meltdown like it's it's there's a reason why the show this is us like went so well because that's literally that's real life right right real <laughs> this life, is us real life and, and i would say this like it's important when we when we address this question or answer this question to get a view of like, hmm. what is God's view of marriage? Right. What is God's plan for children? And I just wanted to start with this Proverbs 18, 22, you know what it says? He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Another translation says that right. he who finds a wife finds a treasure. Right. And I think that it's important to remember that, that marriage is the Bible. Timothy Keller says this in the mm -hmm. book of Meaning of Marriage, right? Genesis began with Adam and Eve, the first marriage. Yep. And Revelation and scripture as we know it right. with Jesus coming for his bride, the church. And yep. so marriage is not only just this illustration of God's love for us, it's also like the bookends to the Bible, right, essentially. Right, right. And that doesn't mean that um, the call of marriage is higher 
than singleness. It's right. not. They're they're equal. It just is saying that like man. It's a don't... different level of responsibility when yeah. it comes to life and everyday living. I and, would say. And don't take your spouse for granted because right. they are a blessing. Right. They are a treasure. And then Psalm one twenty seven verse three says that children are a gift from the Lord and mm -hmm. they are a war, a reward from Him. Mm -hmm. And it's. I just, I think we'd be misguided not to root ourselves in scripture to go right. like, what have we learned? Right. I've learned those things to be true. That marrying you, Micah, mm -hmm. was truly a treasure. Mm -hmm. Having Aurora and Avalon, like these precious girls, they are a gift from God. They belong to him. Mm -hmm. They're not ours. So like we're stewards mm -hmm. as parents mm -hmm. and that is a responsibility, but it's also like, it is that daily reminder, like these children belong to you. In fact, when they were still tiny, we had, them, had both girls dedicated at our church right. as a way of saying, just like Hannah did, like, we dedicate this child to you. They belong to you, God. Right. It's so good. And as far as, like, one thing that I've learned, if I learn? were to summarize it in one sentence of Ooh. my own, it would be, it's extremely rewarding, at times very challenging, and yet it all goes so fast. Whoever coined the phrase, the days are long, but the years are short, was spot on. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, the middle of the night, or you, there's diapers everywhere, or it's just toys and toys and toys, and there's a mess from yesterday's dinner, and, and you know how it all goes, Micah, but I, I heard this, that there's 932 mm. weeks between the day your child is born and the day they graduate high school. Mm -hmm. There's 932 weeks until from from the day they're born until you're sending them off to college if if college is part of right. their plan and God's plan for them. But 52 weeks in a year for 18 years. Mm -hmm. 932 isn't a very high number. Right. So that's not for our family. Friday night is pizza party, right? It feels like every day is pizza party. That's how fast the weeks. That's go. how fast <laughs> it goes. So 932 pizza parties for each girl. Whew. And they're one and two, so minus 52 and minus 104, right? right. Yep. And every Sunday night, I take the garbage can and or the recycling on recycling weeks to the curb. So 932 garbage days. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, oh, our life right. is but a mist. It's but a vapor. And, and it goes by like a whirlwind. And if you're not careful and intentional, you'll miss it. This is what I've learned. So I don't want to be a digitally mm. distracted dad who is more worried about the noise that my phone is making mm. above what my daughter is trying to communicate to me. And yet, if I'm not careful, my phone is buzzing, ringing, and dinging, right. and I'm telling this shiny object, you're more important than these this daughters. Treasure. What's mm -hmm. wrong with that picture? Mm -hmm. So I think that getting our priorities right because the time is short is so vital and important. Yeah. And, I, and just to kind of even take it to the next level is we've done some fun studies of like not time, but also like just the concept of parenting. Like what does it mean to be a parent? What does it mean to be a good parent and to train your children well? Like it's their choice whether they want to walk with the Lord or not, but I'm going to train them to the best of my ability as a mom. And dad Josiah has decided to do that obviously as a dad, but we were looking through like the four stages of parenting and how to maximize each one of those. And Sandra Stanley leans into this and unpacks this very well. So if you know, Andy Stanley, um, his other half is Sandra. Some might say she's the better half. I don't really know, but I'm sure Andy she would is say a that. hoot at I'm least confident. through 
all the social medias that I've seen. I'm confident. I think you would, you would agree too. Yeah. They're great. I just know them through social media, not personally. But they just came up with some amazing things to help parents recognize and realize. Um, number one is the, the discipline years. So they break it down into ages zero to 18. So the first, very first stage is the discipline years, and that's ages zero to five. So you as a parent, you're, you're teaching them, you're guiding them, you're teaching them the, the rights and the wrongs, the yeses and the noes, and how that approach can really mold them. So even the importance of our choice of words. Yeah. So we don't say no in our house. We say, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Like, Aurora, no, thank you. We don't do that. So even just our aggression, in our voices um, really shapes the little hearts and the minds and souls of those little ones. The second stage... We're in the, the middle yeah, and even the yeah. front part of the discipline years, <laughs> just to tell you where yes, we're at. Yes. So. Um, and each child is different. So keeping this in mind, each child is different. Yep. So my mom would only have to say the word no to me once and I would start crying. She'd say my first and middle name and I'd start crying. Whereas my sister, my mom would say no to her first and middle name and um, she would just kind of look over her shoulder and keep doing what she's doing kind of a smirk the smirk so it would be like climbing a windowsill so she's like climbing the window and just being like that and she's only two years younger than I actually remember this so just very different tender hearts and approaches to not discipline but also mm -hmm. guide them along mm -hmm. the way and so we come up to the second part and that is the training years so you're training them in the way they should go in different ways right so ages 5 through 12 that's where school comes in. Yes. All of those You're training things. them. How do we start out the day? How do we get to school? What's our like calendar look like? What's the agenda? What's the rhythm of each and every single season, yet alone week? And that's very different for some, right? Yeah. I like to know ahead, like, okay, I'm gonna get in the car, where are we going? So explaining thing to your kid explaining things to your kids early on. Um, so for example, I'd say, oh, we're going to Nana's house. So we're going to get all of our, we're going to get our backpack, we're going to get our diapers, our lunch, and letting them know what's coming. I'm starting this now, but I think this sets them up for success later when they're hopefully in the classroom, right? So number three, the third stage is the coaching years. Josiah, what do you have to say about the coaching years themselves, ages and 12 to 18? I hope that I can coach the girls in any sports if they ever play them. And that's not me projecting out of them, but I, I, I think there's a part of me that, yes, there's importance of discipline. Proverbs teaches that and the importance of teaching and mm -hmm. training a child in the way that they should go. Mm -hmm. And in the coaching years, I think that's a little bit, sometimes a coach doesn't always give you the answer. They ask you right. the question. Is I think that's the biggest shift yep. that I see in yep. the coaching years. And then that leads right into the friendship years, um, which is the adult years. And the thing that stood out to me most about Andy and Sandra did a podcast on this, um, mm -hmm. on his leadership podcast actually, but they co-taught it. And it was really interesting that they began with the end in mind. And so we were able to learn from them right. as we're having kids at the very beginning of their life, mm -hmm. which was like their goal, Andy and Sandra, was that when their young children were no longer young and went off to college or moved across the state or across the country, that when mm -hmm. they did not need to come home, they'd want to come home. Right. And that was their goal was to maintain a lifelong adult friendship. And so I, I think that that's a beautiful 
picture of what's possible. Yeah, like they want to be together. It's a holiday, like Christmas. We want to go home, not like, oh, I don't want to go to my family's house. So how we raise our children from literally zero to 18 and come along in those friendship years, um, which is the adult years, that's more like you're walking alongside them. That doesn't mean that you're choosing and participating in things, you know, like a 21-year-old does as a parent. The friendship side is saying, I'm going to come alongside you in the season, even though it's hard, and I'm going to pray for you. Yeah. I'm going to help hold your hand. I'm going to help you. I'm going to problem solve with you. I'm not going to tell you what to do or how to do it, but like we kind of talk the coaching things, I'm going to pose a question. I'm going to walk alongside and I'm going to let you know that I'm here no matter what. And you know, I want to be that person that you can come to no matter how big or how small it is. So I think that's really good. And along with it, you know, I would just say this, maybe you're single today, but one day you hope to be a parent. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say this, it's not too early to start surrounding yourself with great godly examples of parents. Mm -hmm. We just left our morning meeting this morning was a coffee yep. with a couple that we actually know their kids and grandkids. And I would say like, man, we look up to them in the faith of how they've parented. Right. And we were just driving to record this podcast and both of us kind of walked away from that meeting like, wow, um, learned a lot Did you know that I them. actually met them before I met their kids? I did And their not kids know are that. like our age, maybe a couple years older than me wow. even. So like I met them and then I met their kids and now I become good friends with the son and the daughter. Yep. Two like they're married and they both have their own kids and stuff, but it's just yeah. awesome to see like the generations. Three, three generations of yeah. serving the Lord. So praise yeah. God. And, and I think of that like sometimes we've taught as far as if you want your marriage to succeed make sure there's people around you in your community who are committed to the success of your marriage right and i think that you sometimes hear like it takes a village to raise a, a, mm -hmm. a child it, in many ways that's very accurate and part of god's design of right. the, the community the ecclesia right. the people of god and so mm -hmm. who do you want your kids to be around as role models is one mm -hmm. thing. And then who's going to be their camp director someday exactly. at Bible camp if they go like <laughs> exactly. And I think of one of my best friends, <sighs> he is a few years older. And so he has had kids a few years ahead of us. Right. And so he just told me about a year and a half ago, Oh, um, each of his kids, he's got four kids on each of their birthdays. He writes them a letter. Well, I heard that just in time. I think it was a week before our daughter's birthday. And so like mm -hmm. now I can pick up that as a practice wow. or a discipline or something. Yep. And so like asking what we're doing now, we, we talked about those four stages of parenting from Andy and Sandra Stanley. Yeah. We're in the discipline years, but right now you'll right. find Micah and I surrounding ourselves at church or in Christian settings. We're looking at people in the training years, right. people in the coaching years, or even people in the friendship years. Seriously. Yeah. And Hey, how did you raise your kids? What advice do you have about, you know, schooling, schooling system? Is it public, it. private, charter, homeschool? Like those are some of the questions that we're three to five years away from those mm -hmm. decisions, mm -hmm. but we're asking those questions mm -hmm. now. Right. And so, um, I love what Levi Lusco says about parenting. And he said this, it's great that your kids get into college, mm -hmm. but it's vital that your child gets into heaven. Yes. Amen. And I'd just say yes and amen to that. And um, one last thing that I'll learn, and I'd be curious no. to hear your comments on it, Micah, but it's it's this, it's important and productive. I've needed to re-engineer my thought philosophy Ooh. of what is important and what right. is productive. 
because I think that those things as a young parent really need to be redefined or rethought because taking my daughters to the park each day or multiple times a week, that is so important. Mm -hmm. You can't put a price on that. You can't put a value on Mm -hmm. the park and the play and the stroller ride there. Mm -hmm. um, It might not feel productive because I'm not at my emails. I'm not at my desk. I'm not recording or publishing something and so it might not feel like all that much got accomplished and yet that might be one of the most important aspects or things that i did with a given Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. as far as human interaction all day and i just think that those definitions of important and productive like time goes fast and so i'd be curious your insight on importance or productivity well, I just think of what are you investing in? So if you think about money yeah. or the liveliness of your child, yeah. whether it is their their soul and their investment into heaven, like I'm going to invest in my children and I might not see the dividends of that right away, right? And I think sometimes it's like, oh, we're walking to the park again. But when your daughter wakes up out of bed and she's like, Aurora, a sight, a sight, a sight. That means I'm excited. She's excited. She's excited. She wants to get out of bed. She wants to hallelujah. Yes, she'll say hallelujah. Aurora woke up. The sun is the sun is rising. So it's like she wants to get out and like seize the day. Like she wants to get out and start living her best life. And I think sometimes like when you can when your children bring out the childlike spirit that's Mm. supposed to be in us after we've been jaded for 10, 20, 30 years of 40 plus years, however old we are having children, I look at like, where have I been jaded or where is my, where have I become desensitized when it comes to certain things, when it comes to the Bible, like I should be seeking the Lord with like a childlike spirit, like the awe and wonder of who God, the father is like should be as magical as it looks in her eyes every single day. So I think sometimes when we think about what we're investing in, and we don't necessarily see aspects of that outcome because we live in a culture and in a world's like, oh, if I do that, I should get this right now. If I put a dollar in this pop, three dollars in this pop machine, I should get a pop Inflation. the moment I hit my button, right? Yeah. But it's like if I invest time in my child, I'm not going to necessarily see that or ever know what that means to them or to the heart of Christ in some of that. So when I talked about, was it last week or this time? Oh, like the the weight of our words. Yeah. Like the, even the words that I say, are they breathing life or death? Are they aggressive or are they loving? Are they kind or are they compassionate? Like, so just even being mindful of how am I investing in my relationship with the Lord so I can be a better mom to my children and love them well, whether it's sleep, whether it's exercise, whether it's me eating healthy, whether it's me having my Bible time, <clears throat> excuse me, alone time, date nights, like learning how to prioritize aspects of our home i think that's what the bible talks about when it's like get your house in order yeah is your house in order and i think of two different kind of houses i think about my physical body as a house for the lord yeah am i taking care of myself emotionally spiritually physically relationally psychologically like all those different elements of who i am and how i'm wired <clears throat> are they being catered to to the best of my ability um, with God's help, obviously, and with the help of a spouse who says, hey, if you want to work out, I got the girls for an hour. Just go do it, like whatever mm-hmm. you need. So when you have somebody empowering you along that to be the best version of yourself as your house, your household, your body, 
you will become a better steward of the physical space that God has entrusted you with. And within that space is your spouse, it's your family, it's your pets, it's your neighbors, it's your, you know, people across the street, it's your churches, your community, like that's just going to bleed out. So I look at if I'm not investing in myself and what God's given me, it's kind of like putting on the face mask. If the plane's going down and we're going to be landing soon without the unexpected landing, what we didn't plan for. If I don't put on my mask first, right, the oxygen mask, yeah. how am I going to help others? It's if I'm helping be. others and I'm sucking for air, I'm becoming the worst version of myself without even knowing it. So I think when we start to recognize what am I investing in, the weight of my words, the weight of my relationship with the Lord, I think um, completely sets your house up for you know, a fire or faith. And (laughs) so it's like, is your house burning up in flames because it's chaotic? Or is your house a peaceful place, a a place where they feel safe, a place where they can rest, a place where your family can grow? When guests come in, do they feel in the, the, the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit moving? And I think, you know, it all encompasses each other when it comes to this question that we're kind of unpacking. But I think it all comes down to what am I willing to invest in? And I think that's something I'm gonna leave you with to wrestle with. Like, I'll share this one story. So we had students in our room, probably what, 20 to 22 students Mm -hmm. in this room that we're in right now. And they didn't know I was gonna do this. And I was like, hey, like we're gonna pull out our phones and we're gonna look at our screen time. Yep. So we literally, everybody's like, oh, 16 hour or how many, does it go 24 hours or weekly? Um, Weekly average. Weekly average. So So it's like six hours a day, eight hours a day. I don't even remember how many. Was it like 12 to 16 hours a day? I think it many. was by the average. Yeah. And that was like people, because they have video games on their phone, they have their emails, they have everything. So when it came down to it, I was like, whoa, what if we took all this screen time that's filling our mind and our heart with nothing but junk that we just kind of dump out, you know, the next day anyway to replug whatever else is coming up next? What if that time was actually invested in our personal walk with Jesus Christ to become yeah. more like him? Yeah. Reading the word of God, journaling, praying, listening to worship music, shutting our minds and our bodies like in a form of like slow mode, like low power battery. When that pops up, power saver, yes, please. I'll hit that button every time. But I'm just saying like sometimes our soul needs to be recharged. Our brain needs to be recharged. And it needs to be rewired, essentially. Yeah. Like Romans 12 talks about, yes. do not be transformed or be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? We want to be renewed each and every single morning by God's word, not the ways of the world. And so I would just challenge you. We, we want to challenge people at the end, right? I would take a challenge like this. Take your screen time, add it all up, even and divide it by two, and take that half and put it towards the word of God. Put it towards an investment in your soul. That's good. And your soul care versus the the television, Netflix, gaming, binging, whatever whatever your go to is. We all have something, right? Um, and it's a form of distraction. Yeah. So I think it's a fun challenge. It's such a good challenge. And take that workout you were talking about a second ago, right? Yeah. And God's designed our lives and experiences on planet Earth to echo in a way that if you miss one workout. Not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You might not notice anything mm-hmm. that day, that week, or right. years later. Right. You miss three years of working out, mm-hmm. three weeks of working out. It's this compounding interest. It's right. kind of this synergistic idea where one plus one equals greater than two. That's synergy. <laughs> right. That literally is the definition of synergy. And I think of that applies to our 
health. Mm -hmm. It applies to relationships. It applies to parenting. It applies probably where a lot of people see it is mm -hmm. finances. Right. Roth, IRAs, 401ks, all of that with retirement. Mm -hmm. You skip year 27 of your life and you don't invest in retirement you might not see the impact that that makes for 30 years. You miss the first 26 years. Yep. And, <laughs> and so, but I, I think it's it's just like we underestimate the value of one workout, one alone time with God. And and he can do with one, but it's also building those habits and mm -hmm. those muscles Stamina. and those yep. that, that compounding interest over a lifetime of obedience. And how I would just love to close is the way that kids are in the gospel mm -hmm. in the gospel itself jesus taught his disciples in a way that he said let the little children come to me mm -hmm. in addition god john three sixteen says that of god that he loved us mm -hmm. so much that he gave his mm -hmm. son the price that mm -hmm. you and i were worth to god was his own son and his only son mm -hmm. and so that is amazing that Jesus was really the ultimate sacrifice on God's behalf. Like there was a separating barrier right. between us and God and Jesus built that, paid, paid that, paid, paid the ultimate price. And he was that bridge, that mm -hmm. God sacrifice of mankind. Mm -hmm. And so I would just say that if you want to make God the center of your life, let us know at mm -hmm. the Instagram of FYI Podcast as well as our website. We have some resources we'd love mm -hmm. to get to you, help yeah. you plug into your local church and campus ministry. And we're so excited to hear some questions from you. So please hit us up with any questions on faith, life, adulting, relationships, finances. Right. And if you found these conversations to be helpful, do us a favor and, and share them with a friend. 